Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Tuesday, January 31st, and we start with local news. Due to the potential for some freezing rain passing through Middle Tennessee, several school districts have closed today. In our listening area, they include Giles, Hickman, Lawrence, Lewis, Murray, and Williamson counties. In Murray County, all 12-month employees may use discretion regarding reporting to work, and all boys and girls clubs will be closed today. Murray Regional Medical Center is encouraging individuals to help promote awareness of cardiovascular disease by participating in National Wear Red Day on February 3rd. The annual event provides an opportunity to show support for heart health by wearing red. Cardiovascular disease remains the number one killer of both American men and women, accounting for more than 800,000 deaths in the U.S. every year, according to the American Heart Association. Here are some facts. Cardiovascular disease is responsible for one in three deaths in the United States every year. About 11% of American adults have been diagnosed with heart disease. 90% of women have one or more risk factors for developing cardiovascular disease. Since 1984, more women than men have died each year from heart disease. The symptoms of heart disease can differ in men and women. And most cardiovascular diseases can be prevented by addressing behavioral risk factors such as tobacco use, unhealthy diet and obesity, physical inactivity, and harmful use of alcohol. Increasing awareness about the threat of this disease is imperative to changing these statistics, said Murray Regional Health CEO Dr. Martin Cheney. Both men and women should be aware of the signs and symptoms and contact 911 immediately if they think they may be be experiencing a heart or stroke-related problem, he said. Cardiovascular disease can often lead to heart attacks and strokes where symptoms can sometimes be hard to spot and can even present themselves differently in women than men. Warning signs of a heart attack include tightness or pain in the chest, discomfort in other areas of the upper body, such as the back or jaw, shortness of breath, unusual fatigue, and nausea. Women can be more likely than men to experience shortness of breath, nausea, and vomiting, or back and jaw pain. The most common symptom of a stroke is sudden weakness of the face, arm, or leg, most often on one side of the body. Other signs include sudden confusion, trouble seeing or blurred vision, dizziness or loss of balance, and a sudden severe he- <coughs> excuse me, headache with no known cause. Anyone who thinks they might be experiencing heart problems should call 911 immediately. Emergency responders are equipped to begin treatment immediately and relay vital information to the hospital while en route to the emergency department. Physicians and staff are then waiting for the patient and can begin treatment immediately. Treatments may include intervention in the cardiac catheterization lab to open the blocked vessel or, in severe cases, open-heart surgery. Murray Regional Medical Center's average door-to-balloon time, that's the time between a patient's arrival at the hospital to when the blocked artery is opened, is 53 minutes, according to Murray Regional Health Administrative Director of Cardiovascular Services and Assistant Chief Nursing Officer Kathy Malone. That is 37 minutes ahead of the standard time recommended by the American College of Cardiology and American Heart Association guidelines, which is 90 minutes. We're extremely proud of our door-to-balloon time and the work our staff does to treat patients quickly and effectively, Malone said. 
If you're experiencing symptoms of a heart attack or stroke, call 911 immediately. Getting care as soon as possible is critical to recovery when dealing with a cardiac event, and every minute counts, she said. Murray Regional Medical Center is recognized as a chest pain center with PCI by the American College of Cardiology and holds certification in the treatment of heart failure from the Joint Commission. You can learn more at www.murrayregional.com forward slash heart. On Saturday, January 28th, the local Fraternal Order of Police, James K. Polk Lodge No. 26, held its annual awards banquet where they honored local officers. During the banquet, the FOP Lodge awarded Columbia Police Officer Brandon Stanfill with the 2022 Patrol Officer of the Year and Columbia Police Detective Daryl Freeman with the 2022 Investigator of the Year Award. Detective Freeman was also awarded the 2022 FOP Lodge No. 26 Columbia Police Department Officer of the Year. Thank you to the local FOP Lodge and its members for recognizing these officers for their hard work and dedication, and congratulations to FDO Brandon Stanfill and Detective Daryl Freeman. Members of Murray Alliance packed the Memorial Building in Columbia for the annual Education Luncheon with county and city educators, leaders, and community allies, discussing strides in engaging students to make early career plans and the push, strong push, for STEM education. Moderated by Murray County and Economic Alliance President Will Evans, the panel included Murray County Public School Superintendent Lisa Ventura, Columbia State Community College Janet Smith, and educators from both institutions. Panelist Amy Roberts, supervisor for Murray County Schools CTE, said while some believe middle school students might not give much thought to their future career, most can answer the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Such was the sentiment at the luncheon, which explored how educators can help direct students towards future career goals, especially STEM careers. Preparing students to enter a STEM-focused workforce, educators made clear their intent to ready the next generation for careers in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Other panelists included Keith Stacy, Murray County Public Schools Assistant Superintendent of Instruction, Amy Roberts, Murray County Public Schools CTE Supervisor, Terry Thornton, CTE Workforce Development and Career Coach, Melody Murphy, Director of Workforce and Continuing Education, and Meron Mostagir, Director of Engineering Systems Technology at Columbia State Community College. Ventura, along with Roberts, explained how the district is assessing, measuring, and engaging the student population to consider career paths as early as middle school. Ventura stressed the district's focus on CTE and its partnership with Columbia State Community College in those efforts. We're giving Columbia State Community College what they need for the student that is prepared, she said. Efforts are not to deny the necessity of a four-year education, Ventura said, but to step up to the needs of an industry steeped in STEM careers. Murray County has become a hub of manufacturing as home to the General Motors plant since the 1980s. Altium sells car batteries and the site of numerous manufacturing headquarters like J.C. Ford Tortilla Maker with an out which announced its relocation from California to Murray County in 2021. According to Evans, such manufacturers will need strong future workers in Murray County. Murray County is also the fastest-growing county in Tennessee, determined by the most recent census data, bringing more families and 836 new students to Murray County Public Schools over the past three years, according to Ventura. Columbia State Community College and Murray County Public School staff are working together to ensure students are getting STEM experience and dual credit with various programs. 
Dr. Smith raised programs like Manufacturing Day and STEM Girls aimed at giving students a look at several manufacturing facilities around the area. Other programs, like the recent robotics competition at Mount Pleasant Middle School, also give students early experience in coding, building robots, and strategizing with technology. We want to set up students to be contributing, taxpaying members of society, Ventura said. The City of Columbia has established a design competition to create an official city flag, and Columbia residents are invited to take part in the process by submitting their original flag designs from now through March 15th. The final winning design will be announced on April 20th. The city is excited to give the public an opportunity to participate in the design process as it will reflect and symbolize our community. Designs can be submitted on the city's website at www.columbiatn.com. All entries will be judged based on flag criteria presented in the competition guidelines, then narrowed down to three final designs. The public will have a chance to vote from April 1st through the 15th on the final three designs chosen by the Columbia Arts Council. The winning design will reflect Columbia's pride, rich history, promising future, and embody what makes Columbia special and unique, useful using meaningful symbolism and minimal color and design features. I couldn't be more excited about this flag design competition that will result in the first official flag for the city of Columbia, said Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder. A flag creates identity, establishes symbolism, and promotes unity, and I can't wait to see the final product. Our community is full of creative individuals from all walks of life, and I'm particularly pleased that this will be a public-driven process. And I'm also excited that this project is being led in part by Nathaniel Bliss, a local scout with Troop 111 who brought forward the idea as part of his Eagle Scout project. I encourage all members of the community to participate in what will be a project that will be historic in nature, given its long-term, lasting effects, he said. Nathaniel Bliss is eager to see the end results of this process. I chose the flag design competition as my Eagle Scout project because I am interested in flags and what they represent, as well as the impact they have on a community, stated Bliss. I recognized that, commun- that Columbia did not have a flag and felt it was time our city got one. A flag symbolizes a city, its history, culture, and people. It unifies the community and provides something to rally around. As a proud resident of Columbia, I thought our historic city deserved such an important symbol, he said. Basic rules and guidelines include, but are not limited to, 1. You submit an original flag design by March 15th. 2. Competition is limited to Columbia residents only. 3. No compensation will be given for any design submitted. 4. Only one entry per resident. And 5. All ages and skill levels are welcome to participate. For a complete list of rules and information regarding the Columbia Flag Project, you can visit the city's website at www.columbiatn.com forward slash 727 forward slash Columbia dash flag dash project. Columbia's Arts District is thriving while also undergoing a makeover that will undoubtedly create a welcoming environment for both locals and visitors to the dimple of the universe. A $2.1 million streetscape project on Garden Street, set to include paving, utility relocation, and additional space for community art visibility, coupled with the $830,000 sidewalk project on South High Street, will transform an already vibrant neighborhood into another unique place to be for local events, shopping, and eating, in addition to the city's booming downtown. 
There has been a lot of commitment from the city and continues to be made, Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder said. If you look at the whole body of work over time, where we are today is a long way from where we started, but we still have a long way to go, he said. The district, established in 2016, allows additional property rights for owners and tenants for properties within the special zoning overlay, limited for use of artists and artisans, and the establishment of artistic and creative enterprises, workshops, and retail and living spaces, regardless of existing zoning classifications. Because of that distinction, the number of businesses and housing projects in the district have skyrocketed, which has caught the attention of national brands such as Bradley Mountain, a San Diego business that has since relocated to the district. We were hunting for a place that had a lot of growth potential, a lot of excitement around it, and we just love the character, Bradley Mountain owner Tyler Axtell said. Bradley Mountain will soon open its doors to the public on Garden Street with American-made leather goods in the retail shop, but also serving coffee, beer, and cocktails. Business owners are being drawn to the district for the vibe businesses and shoppers have created over the last few years. Travis Mitchell, who recently opened his hairstyling shop inside Cult Persona, located on the top floor of the Columbia Arts Building, said being another being around other creatives is what drew he and his wife to the district for the business. I'm a hairstylist. I cut men's hair, women's hair, and for me, it is art. Creating shapes and silhouettes, he said. What better place to submerge yourself in that type of work than around other creatives and other artists, he asked. Being around people who paint, who do sculpture, metalwork, and woodworking, it's really inspiring, he said. There are a number of new businesses as well as home renovations popping up in the district, which Mulder says is vital to the success of the arts district. The city has installed covered trolley stops inside the district while expanding the designation to include the James K. Polk Museum and the Mule House. If you look at the big picture at where the Arts District sits today versus where it sat when it first began, there have been a lot of changes, primarily changes for the positive, in my opinion, Mayor Mulder added. We know that we, as a government, can only do so much to help spur the growth and the vitality of the district. Most of that has to come from the business owners, the residents, and the owners of the other properties, he said. The Columbia Arts Building has a number of tenants, including the popular sandwich shop Ollie and Finn's and Bad Idea Brewing, but also features shopping on the first floor as well, though, according to Butler stationery owner Jonathan Butler, that is one of the better-kept secrets in town. A lot of people don't realize there is a first floor. They think the first floor is upstairs where the food is. Other than that, we have quite a few vendors down here and we all get along. It kind of has its own little built-in community, he said. Butler opened his shop where he sells high-end stationery inside the collaborative space as a way to see if his business is viable like others have done before moving out of the cab and into more permanent locations around the city. I've never found a place where you could go in and try stationery out. Everything is online, and it's no fun to shop online, he said. The main appeal for me and the cab is it's a good place to test the idea. The price is right, the location is decent, but it's a smaller store. It worked out well to help us see if it's a viable idea or not, he said. While the Arts District is continuing to grow and become a more vibrant sector inside the city, Mayor Mulder said he believes on a personal level the district is something that can unite Columbia residents with a common thread. It's a different part of town that attracts different types of people. It's attractive across the spectrum, he said. I want to live in a hometown that has a little something for everyone. I want to live in a hometown that has something that my kids will want to come back to, and if they don't, that they have a fond piece of their mind that brings them back here in some form or fashion, he said. 
While the downtown square and the spokes from that area get much deserved recognition, this is where the city can show off its personality. We are trying to find ways to connect downtown with the Arts District so that when folks visit our downtown, they don't just leave and they visit the Arts District or go to the factory on the other side of town, he said. You'd be hard-pressed to find a vibrant community that doesn't also have vibrant quality of life amenities. I think having vibrant outdoor community space is important for a community. Art brings people together. I want to live in a community that is united by what brings them together rather than divided by what separates them, he said. Columbia State Community College welcomes Aubrey Logan to the Cherry Theater on February 9th as part of the as the as part of the first Farmers Performance Series. She's a singer, trombone player, songwriter, and performer. It would have been a lot easier if Aubrey Logan would have just picked one, but she's never been one to be pigeonholed. She lives her life in, outside of the box, and that makes her difficult to define. That's okay with her because she purposely defies definition. She's still known as a world-class singer, instrumentalist, but she's revealed that there's so much more. We expect this show to be fun with great energy, said Bethany Lay, Columbia State Vice President for Advancement and Executive Director of the Columbia State Foundation. Bring your Valentine for an enjoyable night of entertainment, she said. Individual tickets are on sale for $30 each plus tax for adults and $20 each plus tax for Columbia State students. To charge tickets by phone using a major credit card, you can call 931-540-2879 or purchase them in person in room 113 of the prior administration building on the Columbia State campus, Columbia campus, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. For more information, visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash performance dash series. And now your hometown memorials sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Ms. Jean Ann Mowbray Outland, 85, a retired employee of Kmart and a resident of Columbia, died Sunday, January 29th at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services for Ms. Outland will be conducted on Wednesday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 12 p.m. until service time at the funeral home. Graveside services will be conducted on Friday, February 3rd at Mayfield Memory Gardens in Mayfield, Kentucky. Mr. Gerald Ray Walters, 79, a retired conductor for CSX Railroad and a resident of Columbia, died Saturday, January 28th at St. Thomas Midtown. Funeral services for Mr. Walters will be conducted on Saturday, February 4th at 10 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Santa Fe Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturday from 9 a.m. until service time at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer. And why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard, 
easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of rain and freezing rain early, followed by rain this afternoon as temps get above freezing. The high today will be 38 degrees with winds out of the north at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect periods of more freezing rain at a low of 28 degrees. Winds will be out of the north at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of overnight rain, 90%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, friends. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you have given us to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, for more information. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. More than 95% of people incarcerated will come home like I did. I'm William Arnold, director of the new Tennessee Office of Reentry. 
When they come home, we want to be ready to help remove barriers to employment. It's okay if you've been incarcerated or justice involved. Help is available. Go to TNWorkReady.com or visit your local American Job Center. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Labor and Workforce Development, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. TNWorkReady.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. The Battle of Franklin Trust announced this week that it had secured ownership of a critically important tract of the Franklin Battlefield, the Federal Advanced Line, also called Wagner's Line. Through a combination of donation and purchase from J. Roderick Heller III and the Heller Family Foundation, the Battle of Franklin Trust acquired ownership of the Wagner Line Partnership, which had owned the approximately 0.4-acre tract at 1416 Columbia Avenue since 2013. This site on November 30th of 1864 was part of the location of a federal division commanded by General George D. Wagner, who commanded some 5,000 men. The apex of the line was approximately one-half mile in advance of the federal defensive position, which was centered on the Carter House. Rather than following orders to withdraw his troops to the main federal defensive positions, Wagner chose to stand and fight. After Confederate troops overran his position, they succeeded in their initial charge against the main defensive line because other federal troops were reluctant to fire into Wagner's units and the commingled Confederates. The Wagner Line Tract, formerly the site of a car wash facility and offered for development sale, was purchased by the Wagner Line Partnership on November 6th of 2013. General partner was J. Roderick Heller III and limited partners with the Heller Family Foundation and the H.A. Heller Foundation. Heller announced at the time that the land was purchased to protect it from development and that he hoped that it would be transferred to the city or preservation organizations. In 2016 to 18, the Heller Family Foundation and the H.A. Heller Foundation contributed partnership interests of $100,000 and $50,000, respectively, to the Battle of Franklin Trust. In the transaction just completed, the Battle of Franklin Trust paid $147,012 to the Heller Family Foundation, with approximately one half of that amount being provided by Franklin's charge. J. Roderick Heller III and the Heller Family Foundation donated remaining interests. The total amount of the donation, with the land appraised at $819,032, was $364,235. The transfer included significant deed restrictions helping ensure the land's protection in perpetuity. I am delighted that this land is now under the full protection of the Battle of Franklin Trust, with its outstanding record of preservation, stewardship, and scholarship, Heller said. This is an important tract for understanding the story of the Battle of Franklin, and I am personally very grateful to the Battle of Franklin Trust and Franklin's Charge for reimbursing the Heller Family Foundation for some of its investment. I also want to thank my brother Haynes for his role in helping protect this property for so many years, and to Eric Jacobson, who pushed this transaction to fruition and has provided such leadership to the Battle of Franklin Trust. We all believe that Franklin is a splendid town, and this transfer is another recognition of the importance of preserving open space and historic land for its future, he said. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Columbia Parks and Recreation is once again hosting the Valentine's Night Out, which will take place on February 11th from 4 to 8. Columbia Parks and Recreation will take care of your kids while you get to enjoy a night out. You can learn more by visiting Columbia Parks and Rec on Facebook. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.